Buff Nation, what is up? Welcome into DMVR Buffs Primetime. We are presented by Illegal Pete's. Check out any of their 10 Colorado locations for happy hour 3 to 6 p.m. every single day. My name is Jake Schwanitz. Joining me today, my friend Andre Simone. RK is, he's hurting. And this suppose Broncos guys got him sick. Wow. Yep. We're blaming uh, the guy who used to sit in your seat, Henry Chisholm. That's his fault. Oh, really? Yeah. Henry's spreading sickness around this area, huh? That's our official company line. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, isn't it? Yeah. Fantastic yeah. for us. <laughs> um, today, more realignment talk. Uh, some interesting things come out came out on Twitter over the weekend. And then mm. we will talk about some of these rule changes that have been popping up. It seems like a lot of things are moving very rapidly right now, Dre. Yeah. And we go to realignment, and we begin with this tweet from Jason Shear. I believe it was on uh, Saturday, 19th. So it was yesterday, actually. Okay. He said, at a swim and dive championship banquet in Houston yesterday, the San Diego State Athletic Director told people SDSU will be joining the Pac-12, and it will be announced soon. Oh, boy. It's happening, Dre. Realignment is here. SDSU looks like it's going to happen. What do we think? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> so much coming out about this looks so bad for the Pac-12. They've just kind of reeked of desperation. Mm-hmm. To the point that, the, like, they didn't play, they didn't play the cards close to their chest on either the SMU thing, where like you know the commissioner gets spotted at the SMU basketball game and yeah. it's apparently rubbing elbows and talking to people who like maybe didn't really need to be involved in these kind of initially uh, initial talks, <clears throat> and now for this to come out from SDSU's side. Um, is very weird, especially for two programs that, let's face it, don't really move the needle. Nope. Uh, Pete Thamel really making a difference. No, Pete Thamel put out an article on ESPN Plus this morning, and he kind of he laid into the Pac-12. He kind of roasted them a bit, and what's been going on, and how they've kind of he outlined some of the, the issues ball. here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it all kind of goes back to Larry Scott. And the mistakes he made as commissioner. And now it seems like Kolovkov is kind of just yeah. trying to keep it. I mean, in the article, Pete Thamel references <laughs> keeping it together with duct tape. That's the situation Kolovkov is in right now. It's not great. No, not great at all. It's not great. Um, there is so much to unpack from that article and kind of all that's going on with the Pac-12 right now. What are the things that maybe stood out to you most first? Before we kind of jump into all that. Um, well, I mean, we all know this, but the Big Ten and the SEC are in just, they have control of this whole situation. Calling them the power two. The power um, two. Outlining how schools will, on average, SEC and Big Ten schools will be making at least $30 million more mm -hmm. than their other power five, um, you know, rival schools. Multiple times reference schools like Colorado mm -hmm. and some of the rest of the Pac-12 South being schools that have options. Yep. The corner schools. Uh, a lot of this article, my main takeaway was just that Pete Thamel was saying the Pac-12 should really kind of hone in their focus on Oregon and Washington. 
of course, trying to keep them, but trying to keep them happy because it feels like right now they've got one leg in, one leg out. They're trying to figure out, you know, we can we make it work in the Pac-12 while at the same time, well, how the hell do we get out of here? Yeah. And we can't get out of here quick enough, too. Yeah, and I mean, well, it's easy to point at the finger at Larry Scott, the former Pac-12 commissioner who kind of opened the door with this big new TV deal. It turned out to be far too long. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be that the Pac-12 network was a bad gamble. Turned out that not partnering the Pac-12 network with maybe more prominent media and cable partners and treating USC and UCLA was a big mistake with more money. But that was a big mistake. Yep. Not courting mm-hmm. USC and UCLA more. Well, it mentioned Klitnikov, Klavkov, Klavkov, kind of made picked the ball up and kind of made the same mistake of not courting UCLA and USC. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting, especially when you get into the argument of giving those schools more money, which giving the top dogs in your conference more money than the rest of the schools in your conference is exactly why Mizzou, A&M, Nebraska, Colorado dipped from the Big 12 because they thought Texas was getting an unfair amount of money. So, I mean, this is an issue in conference realignment and just the general power structure of a conference since the inception of time. Um, but yeah, I mentioned that now the commission has the job of having a court US, uh, Washington and Oregon the way that they did not court USC and UCLA. Um, and while there's much more nuance and much more to get into from this article my overarching take from reading that whole thing and the general vibes is boy get out now while you still can <laughs> yeah. this is a this is a disaster it's a disaster uh mel also talked about how Kolovkov was focused on keeping ucla in when they were kind of already gone and hasn't been kind of taking care of the current members uh you go back to that statement that came out last week that was basically a I mean, it's the dreaded vote of confidence. Yeah. It's basically what it was. And yeah. uh, CU Barstool put up the tweet, edited the statement, and said, we are screwed. Not far off. Um, yeah, th- I mean, if, you, if I had to issue a statement about how, you know, my wife and I are committed to each other, yeah. <laughs> um, we feel better than ever. Probably raise an eyebrow. Be like, yeah. boy, it sounds like Dre's having some trouble at home. Huh? Um, and then also in this article, Thamel talked to some industry sources, he said, of course, anonymous um, just about the Pac-12 media deal and what Kolovkov is up to. And this quote was not encouraging at all. Uh, if Kolovkov has something up his sleeve, it's with some entity that no one knows about, an industry source said. Come on, man. Yeah. That's that's a really bad sign. Yeah. I mentioned twice the something up his sleeve. Like, guys, there's nothing, there's nothing up his there. Yeah. There's nothing up his sleeve. No. There's no, like... Al Jazeera or like streaming service I've never right. heard of. That's like, it's just not happening, guys. Yeah. Um, most telling paragraph to me was as for the corner schools in parentheses yes. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, the only real market is the Big 12. If the Pac 12 television number comes in below the Big 12's number, becomes a math and distribution equation. The notion of too much streaming still looms as uncomfortable for many schools because of visibility most are open to some streaming but are afraid of too much pac 12s right there yeah 
They've maybe been able to steer the ship a little better than the Pac-12 has. Mm-hmm. I, they at least have some money in. The Big 12, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have a TV deal, right? Right. That's yep, with Fox and uh, ESPN, I believe. Their immediate survival is completely tied to that. Mm-hmm. You'd have some old rivalries you could kind of fire back up. And I don't know, maybe adding some schools like Colorado and some of these other, maybe you can piggy. Like, what's interesting is I think the only way for either of these conferences, Big 12, Pac-12, to make right is to get an a, an at-market or slightly below-market value TV deal mm-hmm. and then try to sell some more games to a streaming service. Right. I think you kind of got to do this by committee to get where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Pac-12 Network would be damned to like throw that down the disaster. drain. But, I, I mean, the signs are not encouraged. The signs sound like this is on its last legs, and you you better have an out before Oregon and Washington have an yeah, out. Yeah, basically is what that That says. is your deadline right there. I mean, going That's back to what you said about dangerous. the four corner schools being linked together, once again, they keep getting thrown together and talked about going to the Big 12. Yeah. I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not original Pac-8 schools, you know? Right. Because newsflash, none of those schools are on the Pacific Coast. True. Um, For my non-geography buffs out there. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's very fluid. It's uh, it's very fluid. And those schools are kind of natural. Like, for this new Big 12 that's less Texas-centric, Right. those schools kind of feel like a great fit. Like, it's kind of becoming the Southwest's conference, you know? For sure. So why not lean into it? My, the other concerning part is the, the power twos, the power two, they have marquee schools. They have, they have the big dogs. The second you lose your big dog, you're not, you're not a power conference anymore. Yep. And Which that's is, my concern. Well, that's, is that, and it's why I know so many in the chat are like, look, it's big tenor bus for right, CU. Exactly. Cause you feel like anything else, you're, you're taking a step back and a big step back from where this the conferences this program's been in for 40-plus years. How hot is the panic meter right now? Are we boiling hot? Is it time to just jump ship first chance you get? Is there any saving this conference right now? <sighs> You're, are you saying for CU specifically or the Pac-12 in general? I guess for CU specifically, but I mean, I think we all know CU is going to be relatively fine in this now. Now that Coach Prime's on board. But still, that's kind of like a... I mean, we don't know how long he'll be here. It's kind of like a short-term bargaining chip. And to be... I mean, that's the other thing about this Oregon-Washington thing is right now you're desired. Right now there are other power conferences scrambling, trying to find a fit, trying to find other schools to fit in. If those spots start to get filled up by other schools, you could very easily be left kind of alone at the altar you know one of the things in this pete the mill article that i thought was interesting though is when he talked about the big 10 um talked about like amazon potentially basically amazon signing a deal with the big 10 that would make it easier for pac-12 schools to join because if the pac-12 is able to get an amazon deal also i mean same distributor of course anyways 
The point I wanted bad. to get to was bad, bro. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren accepted the job, I think, with the Chicago Bears, right? Yeah. So he's not in or out of office until April. Okay. Kind of makes sense why the Big Ten would not want to expand when their commissioner is on the way out. You got he's got two months left. I mean, that's a big thing to kind of just like pass on to a new commissioner. Go. Hey, this is what Kevin Warren was working on, getting Oregon and Washington and Colorado <laughs> and Utah in this Dude. conference. Um, these are such backroom conversations. Yes, exactly. Because, you know, all this work is happening in silence. It's happening in the dark. Because the second it's announced, you've just revolutionized the world for 10 more schools. Yep. So you have to have your ducks in a row. You have to get it all down. And then, boom, you, like, strike, strike by night. Uh, Tyler it's says, tough. I'd be scared it's to tough. be Stanford or Cal, but interestingly enough, in that article from Pete Thamel, they were talking about Stanford and Cal being the teams that the Big Ten would rather have than the Oregons and the Washingtons of the conference. Yeah. Because with, of the, the geographic footprint. And it seemed like maybe some Notre Dame vibes, too. And that's yeah. what also what he said is Stanford would probably have a much easier time getting into the Big Ten if they were able to get Notre Dame. But as Thamel said, Notre Dame is obviously not going to get bullied into joining a conference anytime soon. No. They, unlike schools like Colorado, have zero pressure right yep. now. Yep. Until that NBC money starts to become like significantly less than what you know Big Ten and SEC schools are making, that they have zero incentive to, to move or do anything. That's really interesting. And I do think, you know... We need to not neglect the fact that SMU, San Diego State, mm -hmm. those schools are going being sought after because of TV markets. Well, right. that's the Cal and Stanford is the Bay Area. Right. And pretty rich alumni bases. Right. For pretty sure. Pretty wealthy alumni bases. We didn't even get into the ACC and how they play into all this because that's a major wrench in the what whole thing. What a too. joke that conference I is. I mean, that deal runs through 2036. We're 13 years away. Yeah. What a disaster. What a disaster. Didn't learn their lesson from Larry Scott that five years from now, the money those schools will be making will be nothing mm -hmm. compared to what even the Big 12 schools are making right. or what have you. Um, such an, such a, an amazing re recruiting footprint the ACC has. That TV market a little more ho-hum, though. And the ACC has to take into account basketball, which every all of these conversations need to kind of take into account basketball. But like the ACC really has to take into it. Like right. that's just part of their footprint, part yep. of their tradition. Um, I don't know, man. It's, I don't know either. I don't know either. And that's a school that does have some top. Like if you're talking top dog to like, you know, claw your way back into the power two. That's where the top dogs are available. Yep. You know, give me a Miami, give me a Florida State, give me a sure Clemson. I mean, North Carolina to some right. extent. Yep. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's been an interesting saga, and we're obviously not close to being done. I'll, so, uh, circling back to your question, to me, for the buffs, the panic meter really is. It's moved like a quarter of an inch since we've known UCLA and right. USC were leaving. Mm -hmm. Like it really impacts your life pretty minimally since that 
major news occurred. Well, if anything, the concern meter, I think, has probably gone down because you hired Deion Sanders to be your head coach right. since. Right. But there's a sense of there's a sense of urgency and there's a you better kind don't let this play out to where other schools are forcing right. you into a yep. decision. You better have your ducks in a row, know what your options are, pick a better option, and strike before others force you into something. Time to leave then? Yeah. Writing's on the wall, man. Uh, first off, this conference has never been a great fit. Right. I enjoy I like the Pac-12. Like, There's plenty of history. It was a really cool conference where... Just you could go down the map and it made sense. Like, oh yeah, up here the rivalry is the Apple Cup. Up here we got the border war in Oregon. Oh, NorCal, we've got the nerds fighting it out. SoCal, you know, and just mm -hmm. it was cool. It's yeah. built on tradition. Those are really cool schools that, but doesn't matter. That's lost. It's old <sighs> stuff. College football is obviously changing at a just expedited rate. Uh, let's talk about the rule changes at this point. I think those are a bit more pressing. But first, shout out to our friends at Shady Rays. Woo! Shady Rays, an independent sun sunglasses company who offers a world-class product just as good as any expensive pair I've ever worn. Shady Rays has made me a believer. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is, going, or is giving out their best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code DNVR or visit them in-store at the Park Meadows Mall for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated by over 200,000 people or five stars by over 200,000 people. And then shout out to Box and Shanker. Box and Shanker wins for Colorado families. You all right there? Yeah, the mic kind of <laughs> slipped on me. Jeez. Uh, Box and Shanker. Um, best part about them is they offer no upfront fees to speak with them about your case, no That's fees sad. while they work on your case, and no fees unless they win money for you and Boom. win your case. They have won over $1 billion for their clients. Box and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call them at 222-2222 and find out if you have a case for free. Box and Shanker wins. Have you seen those Box and Shanker uh, billboards on buses drive by? I see them all over the oh, place. Oh, man. Those are hype when you yes. see those go by. Those are our guys. <laughs> yep. Bacchus just looks so strong and powerful. Shanker's so smart, you oh, know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Power man. duo. Dude, yes. Get those absolutely. guys to help get you out of the pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a real, like, Sean Lewis, Deion Sanders type combo, mm -hmm. you know? Beautiful. On that note. Thank you, yeah. Um, yeah. We have some Great press conferences transition. that we're going to be covering. Thursday. Uh, we'll be up in Boulder talking to some of the offensive coaches. Wait, they're just a content machine over I know. there, huh? Yeah. I was told I couldn't tweet this out, but I could say it on the show. So Wow. I know. Huh. Uh, so we'll be talking to Sean Lewis, Gary Harrell, Brett Bartoloni, Tim Brewster, and Bill O'Boyle on awesome. Thursday. Next Thursday, a week from this upcoming Thursday, we'll get to talk to the defensive coaches, Charles Kelly, Andre Hart, Kevin Mathis, Pat Hill, and Nick Williams. So we'll have some content from Boulder coming to you guys. Um, but the shows also may be a tiny bit affected on those days. So just FYI. Let's talk some rule changes, Dre. Good job saving that question from Ron, Alyssa. I definitely want to get to that. Yeah. That, give, me, give me these rule changes, bro. What okay. are we doing? So Ross Dellinger from Sports 
Illustrated, publish this story. Can you run a survey on your very popular Twitter account and be like, <laughs> did college football need changing? Well, okay. The, when you looked at the changes I sent you, like the bullet yeah. point ones, they yeah. looked pretty drastic. Yeah. I'm here to tell you most They're of them aren't. Drastic. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm so gonna, I'm going to pull up the, the rundown. Okay. Some. First proposed rule change. They want to prohibit consecutive timeouts. This is an NFL rule. You can't do this in the NFL. If you call a timeout, there has to be a play ran before you're allowed to call timeout again. Yeah. It they also, don't want you to freeze kicker. Exactly. Something. So that you can't call two, three timeouts in a row to freeze a kicker. Not a bad rule, right? No. Look, use those timeouts. Let's stop sitting on our timeouts. Okay, let's use well, them. Yes. Use them like an actual coach. Yeah. Not like real. Nathaniel Hackett. Right. Like, we're paying you millions of dollars. Maybe use the three timeouts you were given for yes. that half. Let's manage the clock a little bit. Let's do something. Yes. Or just take one when you need one in the first or third quarter. What a concept. So not a bad idea, right? No. We can live with this. That's kind of fine. That's kind of fine. We can live with this. Yeah. Okay. The second one. This one we thought was a bit more controversial than I think we were led on to believe. The yeah. second one. They no longer, or the proposed rule change, is no longer extending a first or third quarter for an untimed down if the quarter ends on a defensive penalty. So the down would be clocked starting the next quarter. So basically, if there's a penalty, yeah. when the clock hits zeros in the first and third quarter, yeah. they'll just say, we'll move it to the next quarter. But if it happens at the end of the second or the fourth quarter, they will continue with the untimed down to finish out the half. Okay. Not terrible, right? No, that's not terrible. Okay. It really sounded like the clock was no longer I know. ending at the end of first and third quarters. It was like, wh- why <laughs> Why was this an issue? Like, well, who I, requested this change? Like, what? Whose life was impacted by this? When I first read it, what I thought was, is like, say there's a play going on, and during the play, it hits double zeros, and we just blew it dead. <laughs> we didn't even finish the play. That's what I thought it initially meant, and I was like, this can't happen. <laughs> really stupid i thought that is not happening i thought the clock was just going in it's like oh yeah the the clock ran for an extra 10 seconds it would have been dead at the end of the first but we're taking that 10 seconds off no no no. okay no so that one's fine right you can live with it yeah third one and this is garnering the most support this rule oh boy the clock will continue to run after an offense gains a first down except inside of two minutes and a half it's the NFL rule. Basically just taking out that the clock is stopping to reset the chains, which we don't use the damn chains anymore either. We've got graphics that show us. We've got replay. We know where the ball is supposed to be. We don't need a guy running down the sideline with the big orange marker with the chain attached yeah. to get in place for us to run a play. You would agree with that, right? Yeah. The fourth change, though. Chain accuracy was never our strongest. Right. Like, as Ryan as will tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, this okay. change, though. So far, so good, I suppose. This is the one that is much more controversial. This grinds your gears? This one cannot happen. Oh, boy. The clock will continue to run after an incomplete pass once the ball is spotted for play. Why? What is the point of this? After an incomplete pass once the... I'll tell you. This is absurd. So what they want to do is they're trying to shorten games. Yeah, they're trying to shorten games. Which Why? again, who asked you for this? I don't Where know. Where is this coming from? So the average NFL game takes just Did over. my wife reach out to you NCAA? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Why? Stop. The average NFL game takes just over 3 hours. Yeah. 
Last year, the average FBS game took three hours, 21 minutes. Perfect. Oh, my God. For me. Perfection. Do you know why I think FBS games are longer? Why? Because we have eight-minute longer half times. Mm. We do 20-minute half times in college football. In the NFL, they are... We're moving. 12 minutes, man. Yeah. Get your Gatorade. Right, right. Go to the restroom. Do it's your true. thing. It's true. Change they're your jersey, right whatever. Yeah. And they're right back out. So this is why it's happening. I don't know. I do not think this rule should happen. You're literally changing like the, the structure of the game. Yeah. An incomplete pass is meant to be dead ball. It's literally dead. The ball hits the, the ground. That's the point. Dead ball. It's part of the calculus in running or passing yes, the ball. Exactly. And now to not afford that, I'm not quite sure. So I don't like that one bit uh, from the article. It really seems like like seems like some eye formation, old school offensive <laughs> really coach does. got in their ears. <laughs> Who is it? I want tell me the rat. Give me names, NCAA. <laughs> give me names. I don't like this one bit. So Ross was saying that schools could or teams could take advantage of this by even increasing their pace of play. And going against the spirit of it, which is trying to cut down on injuries, make games faster, but you're going to get more plays in there because the clock's going to be running this entire time, and teams are going to try and go to super pace. He also said, while the changes would be implemented this fall, they are several weeks away from final approval. However, many officials involved in the process expect at least a portion of the proposals to pass, something that, that did not happen last year during a similar exercise. Look, to me, it's not going to improve the quality of the game. It's not improving safety in any way because there'll be workarounds. Also, like, to improve safety, we started pain players. Like, that to I, me is way more right, important than right. any, like, oh, we spared them five plays a game, which mm -hmm. turns out to be 100 plays per season. Like, I get the math. I, I, I know math, too. But, but um, this, what happens to the spike? Right. Have we lost the ability to kill, to clock? To just clock a game now, I, I I guess it sounds like we have, but even but no within two minutes, right? But then a spike within is within two a, minutes it's allowed. Well, a spike even in the NFL, a spike is very different than an incomplete pass because you could look at a spike and go, why is that not grounding? Yeah, right, right. And it's it's the trade off for getting rid of the play to stop the clock. So and then oh, Tyler's idea, I have an idea. Cut out a couple TV timeouts and shorten halftime. They said total, that the TV total. timeouts did not play into this, which I do not believe one bit. Um, to they, me, the bigger thing is some of the stuff we just read from that Pete Thamel article is like, how can you, how can you reduce the oversaturation of college football and not make schools afraid of like, oh, we're going to streaming, there'll be too many schools, which I also don't understand. Like, how's that different from cable right now? There's too many schools and too many games right now. Yeah. That's not streaming isn't gonna change that. I know. Though streaming does make it harder to yes, zap exactly. around. For, Biff for around, us. we say in our family. Yeah. yeah. For the sickos. Um but, you know, join the multi screen crew. You won't have to <laughs> multi screen gang for life. Yeah, forever. Uh in this SI article, somehow they came to the conclusion that games that are not televised run like two minutes shorter games that are televised, which I do not believe for one second. Ross says, television commercials don't impact game time significantly. From 2018 to 2020, games not televised finished only about two minutes sooner than those televised. I do not believe that. No. But it's 
as our comment says, TD timeouts pay the fees to they the schools. Do. And that's why you're not going to see any of that. Also discussed We're in this not article. To make college football more economic. Right. Know? Trying to make more money here, Jake, not opposite. Stop me if you heard this before. Also brought up replay. And they're talking about changing replays to coaches' challenges, more so like the NFL. Because they say FBS games are seeing about 2.3 replay stoppages per game, a figure that continues to rise and is officials considering a challenge system for all replays. Oh, wow. Wow, what a concept. (laughs) Maybe let's invest in refs. Let's make rules more clear. Let's pay those refs more. Let's increase their training. Let's have them get more consultation directly from coaches and players and the tippy-top people in the sport. Don't make it so that now Dabo has an extra reason to bitch out the ref for two minutes (laughs) on the field while he threw a challenge flag. That doesn't change anything. Yeah, I... I don't know what's happening in college football right now, but it's uh, it's a very weird time. Generally, this is kind of a general problem with college football, though, is right. We are run by the people who we trust the least to kind of honor <laughs> and move our game forward. Yeah. Like the NCAA has never been a trusted entity and now more than ever. They have zero impact. Oh, they, they have no power. They have zero power. They have zero real like economic say in anything. And, and they're here spewing out some stupid rules. Like, you know, like it, it's just a matter of time before this is a sport, but completely separate from the NCAA. It's happening. Because there's just too much of a divide with all this shit, you know? Yep. It's crazy. So uh, even more storylines to kind of track throughout this offseason. We're only in February. No, it feels like we are at a really, really important influx for the sport. Yeah. For the future of college football. We'll see. Between, you know, Texas and Oklahoma and USC, UCLA and the playoff expansion, NIL and transfer rules and all this that's coming down the pipe. Like, um Sports just going to be completely different in a couple of years from what it was a couple of years prior. Completely. Let's put a bookmark in it. Uh, before we get to your guys' questions, we're only at 69 likes. Nice, but we can get that a little higher. Come on, hit that like button. Also, guys, if you haven't oh, yeah. already, check oh, yeah. out our podcast Please, on guys. your favorite podcasting app and hit subscribe. It's honestly the easiest way to help us out. It only takes a few seconds of your time. Search Buffs on Apple Podcasts. DMVR Buffs Podcast on Spotify. We'd appreciate your five-star review also. Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. You guys know we love our Breck brews here at DMVR. We got the Avalanche Amber Ales. Oh, yeah. Someone's broken into them. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Um, I don't know who's taking the Amber Ales, but uh, I don't blame them. I'd guess the Avs guys. I'd guess the Avs guys. For sure. You know, they cover the Colorado Avalanche. They almost feel entitled to drink a Breckenridge Brewery Avalanche Ale. It's a delicious beer, too. It is delicious. It and is delicious. Uh, the best amber ale on the market, some would boom, say. Boom, boom. There That's you go. That's a fact right there. You Straight can also get sauce. my favorite, the Mountain Beach Sour, Strawberry Sky. Um, crushed a few Fun Slingers on Friday, too. Hell yeah. Love that. Breckenridge has all the great options. Check it's out their beer locator at www.breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. And then shout out to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, Dre. An official sports betting partner. Hell yeah. 
of the NBA. Did you watch much All-Star or bet on the All-Star game at all? Okay, so I watched zero of the actual All-Star game, but I was all in on Mac McClung, dog. Were you? Of course. Wow. Of course. I know my dunkers. I know my dunkers. I've been watching Mac McClung Ball is Life videos for years, mm-hmm. for years. You know, dunk mixtape highlights from when he was a high schooler. Okay. I knew what was coming and hammered it away on DraftKings Sportsbook. And uh, yeah, great Where'd you time. get it at? It was all in the pluses. Him to win it all was in the plus. Him to get a perfect 50 was in the plus. There to be over one and a half perfect dunks with Mac himself just had three by himself was in the plus. And it, was, it was great. It was great stuff. This is why he's the betting maestro and is on DMVR bets every right, single day. Right. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DMVR. And new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Not Ohio. Not an... Yep. Sorry, Ohio. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, Ohio. Uh, Sorry, we got Ohio. up to 90 likes. We appreciate That's that. That's great. You guys did the thing. Let's we keep on slamming it. that keep, button yeah, keep it, uh, keep as it we home. move please, through this please. show. Yes. Um, let's get to some questions. Why don't yeah, we? let's do it. Seems like some good ones today. Seems like some good All right. M, is that an L or an I? I can't see. M-L-N. What about Vanderbilt booted from SEC and Pac-12 member sneaks in? Okay. This is an underrated, I think, aspect of realignment. Because I honestly think this is going to happen at some I point. I know you're convinced. How, though? Uh, what are you, what, at what point? These conferences are going to be all about football. Vanderbilt, Rutgers. I'm sorry, man. You don't help us out in football. You're leeching right now. We could have an Oregon. We could have a Clemson or someone else bigger than a Vanderbilt or a Rutgers. Don't all those schools like having one Vandy on the conference schedule? I mean, is the the point is to bolster up the conferences, though, isn't it? Come on. Do those guys need more of a boost? I mean, I see what you mean. Like, once the conference is taken over by, like, Fox TV or ESPN and no longer the NCAA, then truly a, a Vandy has zero, z- like, zero guys. Zero purpose. Yes. Because right now, you know, okay, they bring up academics. They're part of that foothold. Right. Like, you know, they're they're part of the Southeast. Yes. Um, but they don't play great football. They don't. They don't. TV market-wise, you still have the Vols, so it's not like you need. Right. At least Rutgers is like you're bringing in the state of New York's TV. It, no, I, I Who no cares? One, no one gives a shit. I don't know, man. I mean. And, you know, for a minute uh what's his name was there and they were a decent pro oh franklin yeah yeah that's true are you talking about ruckers ruckers shiano shiano say thank you is he isn't he back there now gosh you're right crazy craziness um Uh, i don't know i don't know get him out man it gets real sleazy once you start to do that though Gets real sleazy. Start kicking How are we out not already sleazy? The Big Ten just stole the damn USC and no, UCLA. I, I, I know. In this conference stuff is the sleaziest stuff in all sports. You're right. I don't know, man. I would try and get them out. I just don't see. What do they add to the conference? Honestly. No, basically nothing. I mean, now, Vandy's great in baseball, you know. But like as you're saying, this will all become football yes. to the point where like SEC football might break off from Literally. those other sports and just become like 
a Fox entity while the rest are NCAA sports right. still. So, um, I mean, Ryan says it all the time. We're going to have the Affleck and the State Farm Conference yeah, at a yeah, certain yeah, yeah. point. Yeah, and I believe that's coming. It's it, coming. It's going to be an, an entirely different tier of college football. Uh-huh. It's going to be this top power two, if the you want to call two. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's going to be now what we know as the FBS, where I, whoever doesn't make it in this next wave, I mean, schools in the Mountain West, uh, whoever's let, like BYU and all these Houston, all these schools getting into the Big 12. I mean, I'm sorry, but you're probably not going to be added to the SEC and the Big 10 when it comes time to actually expand again. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. This is this would be unprecedented, right? Like we've we've seen schools be added and schools leave. We haven't really seen schools be like, sorry, dude. Like, yeah, it'll happen. Just out. It's gonna happen. Hmm. Next question from Ron. Here's what you wanted to talk about, Dre. That's my question, guys. Can networks be persuaded to renegotiate a deal with the Pac-12 if CU football becomes consistent bowl contenders? So I think this was kind of related to the Amazon being able to finagle and move the numbers around if it was like it already had the Big Ten and Pac-12 under contract. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, look, that's kind of the thing about these negotiations, right? Is that you they happen now you're gonna get locked into that number yep and then maybe next time around because cu because other schools have taken a jump you're able to pursue um you know more lucrative deals but no right now i think you're kind of you're kind of stuck it's a speculative market yep it's i don't know man i think the what was it raw? No, it was Pete Thamel in his article when he talked about having Amazon kind of be the bridge between the Pac-12 yeah. and potentially the Big Ten or whoever. I think that's kind of the cleanest ways you can sign a deal and then kind of move mid-deal into mm. a new conference when you already have that that mo- mutual partner. You know, short-term survival and right. maybe still leaves you open to the long. Now that's where it gets really sleazy. Is how much might these Pac-12 teams be angling for that type of deal so then they kind of have a back door exactly. to get out? I think that's what Thamel was referencing to in Messy, Oregon and Washington. Man. Messy. Because they obviously, I mean, as soon as USC and UCLA were saying that, hey, we're going to the Big Ten, Oregon was like, wait, 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 wait. We want into, like... Yeah, right. So... Oh, it makes tons of sense. And Oregon's a big one. Oregon's... Question for you, man. Dre, from Jay... AC or Inter, and if you've been to Derby, what is crazier atmosphere? CU versus Nebraska or Milan City war? Man, um, so I'm an AC Milan fan for sure. That is a wild inner city um, Derby rivalry they have there. Um, I have been to games both at Folsom and at Nebraska. It's different i would say the lawlessness danger and just smidge more intensity in uh the milan cross city derby but um uh, that made me think like you know there's there's an intenseness and a vibe that you feel on those other ones just as well there you go yeah love it next one from jamel our guy uh, if the Pac-12 collapses, do you like see you as an independent for a year or two? Uh, no. 
I mean, I think in theory it sounds good, but I think you're walking a dangerous line at that point. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Um, you don't really see schools rushing to become independent. No. No, and the schools who've made it work are, are, are secular. Right. Um, the fan base and alumni base has a greater connection that kind of allows well, them. You just saw BYU. Yeah. Go, no, we're just going to join a conference, man. Right, right. And even that for, I mean, and, and shit, those couple years they were independent, Zach Wilson, like they had right. some good, they had a couple, it was a good stretch for BYU yeah, to for be. Sure. Um, and no, they're, they're, they were ready to dip. Um, it's, it's really tough. It's really tough. Very tough. Now, with Dion, anything's possible. Right. I mean, I don't know. I, I This year, what happens on the field for Colorado, I think, is going to obviously be a massive factor in where they fall in terms of real life, especially if we don't get a, a media deal done by then. I mean, by then, we'd probably just know the Pac-12 is pretty much done. Oh, no, no, no. So You'd have to have an out. Well, they said sometime Q1. I think the Q1. next two months, I mean, I think one way or another, you're going to have to pick a route, though. They were they were aiming for Q1. Andre, it is February 20th. Q1 doesn't have much time left in it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't Oof. know, man. Okay. Uh, man. Next question from Big LT. What are y'all thoughts on Coach Prime pushing for CU baseball? Um, yep, CU, one of Amazing. the only, like, Amazing. what, five or six Power 5 programs that yeah, don't have a baseball? You can count them on one hand, yep. yeah. Um, and a lot of those Pac-12 programs have produced some amazing oh talents, yeah. really high-end, like mm -hmm. some of the premier baseball programs in the whole country. Um, oddly enough, the state of Colorado itself, of all the prep talents, I feel like it probably produces more baseball prep talents than any other sport, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it'd be really cool, but there's more like title nine intricacies. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to have it add another sport uh -huh. and they already have softball. Don't they? I think they do. So what would you do? Yeah. I don't know. White water rafting or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it would be amazing. And it's great that coach primes advocating. I mean, yeah. The, if you ever going to say yes to a baseball program, that'd be a great time with that kind of endorsement. Well, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, recruits out there that play baseball and football and if you come to see you you're obviously not gonna be playing baseball the two-way ability being able to offer that is kind of cool yeah. low-key um i wouldn't be surprised if we see some steps made in that department mm -hmm. with coach prime now mm -hmm. especially once the money starts rolling in if you get into a new conference or He's somehow the pac-12 gets it together i wouldn't put it past them Next question from Freddie. Do you know if the tickets sales for Team CU play have gone up? If so, that will impact any TV deal. Um, I do not, actually. I do not know too much about the ticket sales right now. Ryan's much better on that front. Um, I do know the spring game still isn't sold out, though. So I'd venture to say it's still a smidge early for that. It is. Yeah, we got plenty of time. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Um, yeah. We'll find out this year, though. Uh, I'm sure TCU wasn't having issues with ticket sales, so right, right, things picked up quite nicely. Um, yeah, once they started to get rolling, for sure. Either one of those, Alyssa. From Lawrence, what do you do, or what do you think will be the effect from CU winning the Pac-12 this upcoming football season? I mean, if they win the Pac-12, does that really help the conference as a whole? 
to have another school kind of like enter that Washington, Oregon, Utah territory and go, look, we've got four teams here that can potentially push for playoff spots without USC. Year by year on the field, I don't know that it moves the needle that much. I think it wouldn't be that dissimilar from TCU winning the Big 12 while Texas and Oklahoma are still in the conference. Right. You know, it was great for the Big 12. It's great for TCU. Right. Is it ultimately going to be this like... Great point, yeah. No, probably not. Yeah. It is a slight upgrade. It, it, it's a, a little more like proving that, you know, we're not all Texas and Oklahoma. And, mm-hmm. but. And it needs to be multiple years of on-field production, yeah. I think, to really yes. kind of yes. change the dollar figure. Yeah. From Jamel again, did you see Shiloh and Coach Prime arguing about him parking in a handicapped space? Oh, wow. I did not. I'm wow. behind on well-off content wow. right now. Amazing. But, uh, I too haven't checked that out yet. I'm I'm here for any and all Shiloh content. That guy cracks me up. Of course. Of Kills course. me. Shiloh's a legend. Yep. Uh what else do we got, Alyssa? Excuse me. Mm. Big LT, thoughts on the freshman high school quarterback that CU offered in y'all backyard. Colorado, six foot three, one eighty pounds, fourteen year old. I mean Have you heard about that? I've seen I saw one over the weekend. I didn't know if he was from Colorado or not, but they've been going hard after 26 guys, 27 guys. I mean, they are recruiting well past oh, yeah. 24. Oh yeah. So they never and they saw. gotta they gotta jump on 24 quickly too, man. With the junior day and just with the amount yeah. of offers they were throwing yeah. out even before signing day. No, I mean this is a real recruiting staff that's always two three steps ahead. Yep. It's um, a joy to watch. Let me see if this is the guy. Real quick. We want to give you a name. Um, yeah, okay. So DJ Bordeaux. 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 His name. I'm gonna say Bordeaux. Bordeaux, Bordeaux. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, he has received his first two offers, Penn State and Colorado. Not um, bad. Yep. Yeah, I'll man. Freshman season highlights are his pin tweet. So he's got a while ago. There you go. Yep. All right. Anything else, Alyssa? That's it. All righty, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see if we get Appreciate RK you. back healthy tomorrow. Uh, pray for, pray for our guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to Dre for joining the show. Make sure you guys subscribe to the pod on your favorite podcasting app. Let's go Buffs.